Welcome to the Tom Ferry Show. I'm having a fascinating conversation with Mark Roberge. If you believe your business could become repeatable and scalable with or without you, you're gonna love this show. Hey, so welcome to the Tom Ferry Show. Really excited to have Mark Roberge. Uh, he was a part of a company called HubSpot for 10 years through the IPO, uh, left in 2014. But you know, was it before then that you wrote this yeah, extraordinary last book? Last two years there, you bet. So first of all, thank you for just being on the you show. Bet. Thanks for talking to all these incredible real estate agents and mortgage people and you know, a lot of people just in sales. So, so Mark, you wrote this book. I remember getting exposed to it, I wanna say two years ago. And, and I'm not a book of the month club, but I read a lot and I study a lot, probably as you do. But when I read this book, I immediately called my head of sales. I immediately called my head of marketing. I immediately called my COO and said, the three of you need to read this book immediately because there was something inside there, not only as an investor, but as an operator, when you're talking about creating repeatable and, uh, repeatable and scalable sales practices, and that how could you identify who's gonna be an effective salesperson, who's not gonna be an effective salesperson, the data side of selling, which nobody prior to this that I've been able to find was able to articulate it in a way that every one of us could do. So just, first of all, I wrote down this question, like where, where did all of this come from? Give I them the backstory. What else am I gonna say, Tom? I, I mean, that was, I should just bring you with me. I, um, I, I can sell you hard, because <laughs> let me tell you right now about a lot of these books. I just gave this to Twitter yeah. to my best clients. Nice. That's but, great. So what's the origin of the book? Maybe give them the backstory yeah. so they understand why yeah, I'm so passionate about it. kind this. of a funny story and serendipitous of why I sold it. I was at um, one of our big inbound conferences for mm -hmm. HubSpot. We've got great speakers that come out. One of my favorite sales mm -hmm. uh, authors is Jill Conrath, who yes. wrote, wrote a bunch of great yep. books. We had breakfast today. She heard my story building out the sales team at HubSpot. She took a piece of paper out and said, The Art and Science of Sales by Jill Conrath and Mark Roberge. Mm -hmm. I want to write this book with you. Yes. And how often does a best-selling author wow. say, listen, I'll yeah. walk you into yeah, my publisher. Yeah. I'm like, yes. all right, fine, I'm writing a book. Let's do yeah. this. So I read a sample chapter. She writes a sample chapter. She comes back to me. She's like, this is an awesome chapter. I'll write the second book with you. You have to write this book yourself. And wow. that's how it started. So, wow. you know, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't believe in the long-term promise. Sure. And really what was happening at that time was I would spend all my commutes in and out of work on the phone with mm -hmm. salespeople, sales leaders, entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. et cetera, who had the same questions about how to, how to yep. build a modern sales team. Yes. And yes. it's just, I, the book was obvious. It was just like yes. I, the same question, same answers. They'd call mm -hmm. me two months later and be like, that was really worked. It worked. And so, yeah. you know. What, now what next? Yeah, what do I do now? Business sales entrepreneurship <laughs> yeah. has given me so much that, you know, at that point and since leaving HubSpot, that's really the theme around everything I invest in professionally yes. is around just trying to contribute to the business community, entrepreneur ecosystem through the lens of sales. Yes. And this, this data-driven model was just something that I, I luckily stumbled into and it was the right time, right place, the right time. Yep. And you know, it was a great opportunity to codify that for, for salespeople and, and entrepreneurs. So for the people that are watching that don't know, you were really born to be a salesperson. Your whole high school experience was sales. Your college was, was like, you were like destined to go in sales, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> so I was that you math got, geek. You gotta give him that backstory, because exactly. I, so I, I knew was, that. I was that yes. math geek and you know, went to, studied engineering, yes. started my career writing code, yes. uh, went to MIT. I mean, my whole- You don't get any more nerdier yeah, than my that, whole, right? It was quant data, yes. that's how I looked at the world. and. You know, when I was tasked with this, you know, this challenge of building out a sales team, I didn't lean into it to write a book like 10 years later. Sure. I leaned into the data quant process because that's where I go when I'm uncomfortable. Yes. yes. And like I said, I was, just, spot, quant. I was just really lucky that 
we were just hitting a tipping point as a business community from mm -hmm. how do I capture data to what do I do with all this data? Because yes. the technology yes. got better and there are certain elements that are happening in sales ecosystem. So I was just uh, really blessed that everything that I'd experienced professionally up until that point gave me a huge advantage in that, yeah. in that, in that journey. Beautiful. So I wrote down a couple of questions yeah. that maybe for, you know, certainly you guys know I want you to buy this book. It's extraordinary, especially when you hear what he does with the money. What would you say would be the most important? So let's, they're in sales, yep. right? And there's some sales managers, yep. some sales leaders, some team leaders that are watching, some executives. But let's just say the vast majority of people are in sales. What is the most important thing you want to drive home for that person in sales mm -hmm. inside of this book? Yeah, so I'm going to steal two of them because these, this really summarizes the big change that's happened in sales mm -hmm. in the last decade. Number one is um, we can just be more data-driven in everything we do in selling, from the yep. way we hire to the way we manage to the way we train people to the way we generate demand mm -hmm. uh, for ourselves. Um, and uh, you think about it, like when we compare sales to any other function, finance, marketing, engineering, et cetera, success and failure is highly quantifiable. Yes. It is so hard to look at an engineering team and be like, that right there is my best engineer by 12%. Yes. Impossible. Yeah. Sales yeah. can do it. Easy. So to He's not lean one, into the data. Yeah. Right. To not lean into the data as we mm -hmm. learn, especially mm -hmm. as we scale, mm -hmm. is a huge loss opportunity. So I know you said two points, yeah. but I want to say, so what do you say to the person that's watching this? I have been advocating for as long as I can remember, 1991, mm -hmm. right? Early days of business coaching, mm -hmm. telling people, if you track and measure your numbers, you can make better decisions. And, and I wasn't thinking quant and qual back then. I was just thinking, you know, it's important that you know if you make 10 calls, you get an appointment. If you go on two appointments, you get a listing. If you get two listings, you make a sale. Like, it's math. Mm -hmm. And yet, there is my hallucination is the vast majority of people that are in that selling situation don't have a lot of interest in tracking and measuring their numbers. They kind of roll the dice. Mm -hmm. So speak to the camera like, what words of wisdom yes. do you have? Maybe hearing it from an outsider coming in, they're going to fight, finally say, okay, do I'm going to do it. Do you want to sleep at night better? <laughs> I mean, believe me, yes. one of the hardest professions in the world is carrying that quota. Yes. Because it's just, there's so much outside of your control. Yep. This is an opportunity to get a lot more control back. Bingo. Sleep, focus on your kids. Yes. You know, just know that you're going to hit your goal. And yes. not every month will be the same. But the numbers over time will, will work itself yes. out. And it's a great way for you to understand how to get better. Okay. So what was the set? You said two major points. Yeah. The other that. one is just mm -hmm. we underappreciate how, you know, the internet has changed our buyers and their mm -hmm. empowerment. Mm -hmm. And that changed a lot about yes. how we sell. You know, yes. I mean, sales traditionally before the internet, et cetera, buyers had to talk to a seller mm -hmm. to find out about a product, to figure out whether they wanted to buy, how much it was, what, what the competition looked like. Yeah. Today they don't. And that especially is true in real estate. I mean, yes. how much can you find out about a property or house without an agent? That yes. completely changes the seller-buyer yes. um, relationship. Yes. And as buyers, we have to step up and not just be product pushers, mm -hmm. but really be able to connect with that buyer and you know, message the offering in a way that a website or something online couldn't. Yes. And it's, it, it changes a lot in how we actually approach them as, as sellers. So I want to come back to it. And by yeah. the way, when he says sellers, he's referring to us as salespeople, <laughs> yeah. right? Because they're going to be like sellers, like someone that's trying to sell their house, right? Yeah. Um, so sellers as in you. Um, at HubSpot, you, got, you guys really revolutionized, really brought to market what we would now refer to as content marketing, the things that myself and Gary Vaynerchuk and so many other people are proponents of and have been doing forever. Um, are there any 
Are there any things that you would be doing differently or recommend? I mean, I, I tell them, you know, Facebook Live. We, we know video first marketing, right, as an example, but never underestimate the power of blogging and then audio podcasts and just get the message out in as many ways as possible. Mm -hmm. yep. But, you know, you sat in sort of the epicenter of it all. Share with my audience, what are some yeah. two, three, four things that I you think, see are different, better? Yeah, I think, especially for real estate agents that I, that I network with, I think the one biggest issue that I see that they don't take advantage of or the opportunity is not just being selfish about the content, not just be like, look at me, look at my properties, mm -hmm. look at my content, mm -hmm. but honestly doing that one third of the time and two thirds of the time promoting other thought leaders in your region. So that's one of the mm -hmm. biggest issues with real estate is you're not trying to sell to everyone in the country. You're trying to sell to everyone within 10 miles of you. Mm -hmm. like in that, and so you've got to localize the effort. And one of the best ways to localize the effort is make a list of the 10, 20, 50 people who have a following mm -hmm. in that area. It could be a hot bar, it could be yeah. the mayor of the city, yes. it could be yes. a hot journalist for the local paper. Yep. Promote their stuff, yep. promote their articles, promote their events. Mm -hmm. And that does a couple things is number one, it establishes you as sort of like a communication channel that everyone can just look at to be like, what's going on in yeah. my town? Exactly. This, this guy or this woman knows what's going on. Yep. And the other thing is it, it creates favors from the people that matter. So that when you create a good piece of content, mm -hmm. hey, that mayor, that journalist, mm -hmm. that hot bar, will also promote their people because you promoted their stuff. Bingo. And so that's one of the biggest, the biggest deficiencies or opportunities I don't see a lot of real estate agents going after. I love that. That's a yeah. great, that's a great, I got one of the top agents in the country <laughs> sitting right over here going, <laughs> nice. I'm going to start doing that. There you go. Um, what are your thoughts? So you said sort of one third, two third, which I really like that thought. Um, what's your thoughts on as we're creating content? Um, how often should we be asking them to, hey, come check out my website or, you know, here's a, here's a true offer offer versus just purely, I want to just deliver value. Have you found there's yeah. a formula in, in your, like, I've been doing yeah. the Tom Ferry Show for five years. Yeah. I don't ever ask I don't them know. to do anything. I don't know what the percent, it's definitely not 50-50. It's yeah. more swayed in giving value. I don't yes. know if it's 20% or 30% is the harder asks. Mm -hmm. um, and and 70, 80% is just complete value add. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like usually can wait, the, the true hard asks can be a little further down on the buying journey. Sure. So the first, like the Facebook, the first introduction, the even some of the homepage stuff mm -hmm. that they get introduced to is more like education, information, yes. you know, trends on this particular town, you know, help me, let me help you. Mm -hmm. And then once they engage, then it's kind of like, hey, what about this property? Or hey, would you like to make an appointment? Good. So it's just altering the ask with where they are on the buying journey. Yes. I love the whole buying journey conversation. But so a lot of us, you know, we need to do more research there and give you guys more insight. Cool. Not us, but we gotta we gotta put that out there. So one of the things that stood out for me inside the book and having, you know, having 85 salespeople inside my business, but having, you know, over the total of my career, probably working with, I don't know, like 500 salespeople that worked for me, not sales agents, uh, real estate agents, is trying to figure out who's gonna make it and why. And you, you put together something inside the book where you talked about sort of the five traits of, of great sellers, great salespeople. Share them, but maybe, maybe give them the backstory first. Yeah. Like you talked about hiring that, that top salesperson yeah. from another competing company. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he failed miserably. And yeah. then, you know, that was sort of the beginning of it. So yeah, share it was, that story. Building out the team here, my first year on the job at HubSpot, you know, I was hiring one rep a month. And um, I did, I think it was the eighth hire, mm -hmm. convince the number one seller 
of a big public company here in Boston. They had 800 salespeople. This yes. person was number one. Mm -hmm. And I, they just thought we were the next hot. I mean, we were 15 people in a garage across from MIT. Like, I don't know what, yeah, but they were like, you're the next hot thing. I'm coming. Yes. I'm quitting yes. my hot job and coming yeah. to you. And I was yeah. like, great, roll the red, red carpet out. Come teach us to sell. Yes. And they didn't do great. Yes. I mean, they weren't the worst, but they yeah. didn't do great. I was like, what the heck? And I realized that you look at their sales context, selling for this big public company that was literally running Super Bowl ads. Yes. And it was like a three-minute sell. Mm -hmm. And compare that to what we had, which is HubSpot. Who, who the heck is HubSpot? Inbound marketing. What the what heck is, is that? that? Exactly. Create content to drive mm -hmm. leads. How does that work? Mm -hmm. I mean, the type of sell was so different, and you can imagine the type of buyer would be different. Yes. And so as I look across a range of businesses, there is no unique answer to what universal answer to like what's a great salesperson. Mm -hmm. It's what's a great salesperson for your context. Yes. And certainly that's real estate, mm -hmm. but maybe that's your know, New York versus Palm Beach versus Absolutely. Seattle, Absolutely. right? And so, so that was the big thing for me was I wanted to engineer my idea formula. Mm -hmm. And so I went through the process of, okay, what's unique about us? What are the skills and behaviors that might correlate? Let me define what those are. Let me craft an interview process to uncover those. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, let me iterate on that. Yes. So as I make eight hires and they, they mature in the business for you know, 10 months, mm -hmm. why are the top sellers doing great and why are the bottom sellers struggling? And did I build that in the interview process well? And that's what we don't do enough. So anyway, the five criteria were coachability, curiosity, uh, prior success, intelligence, and work ethic. And the coachability is the one I see across many different contexts and yes. people don't lean into it. Yes. And that was my number one driver of a de decision. How do you define coachability? I mean, I'm in the yeah, coaching two, space two and I've led it forever, so I'm Two curious. things is openness to coaching mm -hmm. and ability to apply. Yes. Right, so I have some people who are like, not even open. Yeah. They're like, dude, I know how to sell. Just give I got me the this. playbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are people who are like, oh, they're eating everything up and then they go to apply it and they just can't do it. And, you know, ah. And then there are people who just eat it up and apply it. And those are the people I love. You build a system that works, you hire coachable people. Yeah. It's a wonderful formula. I love it, I love it. Is there anything I'm not asking you that you think, because we're about to go talk to yeah. 200 of the most successful yeah. real estate teams you know, in North America. They're gonna ask you a ton of questions. Is there anything that I'm not asking that you've been asked before that you wanna just share with you know, several thousand real estate professionals around the world? I don't think so. I mean, I, I would say, for, especially for those who are building your business, it's like, whatever your business is dependent on you is your blocker to scale. And so if you really want to grow a business. No, no, you need to say that again. Okay, <laughs> whatever again. your, like if you went on vacation for two months, whatever yes. breaks is your blocker for scale. Yep. And so there's a lot of leaders who like have an ego to them and they want to feel important because they're the best at that. You've got to Nobody figure out a way do how better to quantify that, yep. right? Yep. And so just think about that. If you really want to build a big business, you know, ask yourself what does break at two months and try to codify that and teach it to someone and you're gonna be a rocket ship. Yeah, you might wanna consider what breaks after two days or a week, <laughs> right? Exactly. We talk about it, it's marketing lead generator. It's all yeah. the things that, that the vast majority of real estate professionals, when they got in the business mark, no one said to them, there's like 15 things you're responsible for and each one of them matter and they all need to be done and it's all up to you, good luck. No one yes. said, gosh, you know what? You're a really great salesperson. You're great with people. You should hire an assistant. You know, you might want to use the in-house transaction coordinator that'll manage all the paperwork for you. Yeah. They don't say that. They go, yeah. welcome to real estate. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> exactly. Right? So exactly. when you talk about like finding the stopgap, finding the things that that break after you're gone, 
really is gonna resonate for a lot of people. Um, you did something with this book that I thought was very cool. So I'm, I'm strongly recommending you go to Amazon, Barnes Noble, wherever you wanna go, find this book. The audio is really good as well. Um, but like in my heart, why should they buy this book? Beyond the fact yeah, that they want I to mean, get more like intelligent, I said, what are big, you guys doing? Yeah, like the big pattern is, um, you know, I'm dedicating all my professional life to helping helping entrepreneurs and business leaders and sales professionals. There's an awesome organization that came out of San Francisco. They're in now 12 cities, including here in Boston, build.org. And what they do is they find the, the three or four toughest high schools, like, you know, kids that are in a tough spot, um, you know, likely to end up on the, yeah. you know, the street, not graduate from school. They teach them entrepreneurship freshman year of high school and they stick with them for four years. The graduation rate for the kids that go into that is 99% from high school and 85% go to college. And they teach them entrepreneurship. So I couldn't think of a better organization to benefit. 100% of the proceeds go to help them. So thanks. That's beautiful. Thank All you right. so much. Thanks, I appreciate Tom. your time. Guys, take lots of notes. Share some comments down below. Most importantly, buy this book. Think about the cause and think about you and your business getting better. Thanks so much for watching. Hey, I'm Tom Ferry and I want to say welcome to real estate. Now, there's a pretty good chance no one's told you there's an 87% failure rate every five years in this business, and there's only two factors. Agents don't have the tools, and they don't take the right action. I'm gonna invite you to click the link below and get access to the tools so you can win in this business.